0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family marriage podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast.
1: So you and your spouse first fell in love and you couldn't help say things like, oh, she's so wonderful or he's terrific. He's a dream. During that season, it was probably hard to imagine how that same person could do something that would irritate you just, you know, months later. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Erin Smalley. They run our marriage department here at the ministry. And Erin, uh, why do you think couples um, overlook those faults when they're dating, which will become glaring agitations once they get married?
2: You, you know, the term blinded by love yes. is so true that we we see our future spouse through this particular lens that is very positive and rosy and, Happy and you know they they could do no wrong, and the the truth is like you're saying is that you know for us it wasn't even months into marriage it was days <laughs> yeah, <laughs> into really. our honeymoon you know, that we were like days, wait a I minute did I you? didn't know you did that or <laughs> really and I I love talking to to couples who are engaged because it is so present like it, it is it's almost impossible for them to see the reality of what's to come. And it's not, I I hate saying that because of course it, it paints marriage to be such a negative thing. It's not, it's wonderful. But the reality is you're putting your best foot forward. So you're on your best behavior well, once you get married, you start to relax and get comfortable, and some of those things start to come out, yeah. as well as the viewer's lens begins to shift.
3: And I think, John, too, that people prioritize bigger character qualities Like, is this person a Christian? What about their sense of humor, their attractiveness? What do they want to do in life? So I think it's easy to focus on those things and make sure we're aligned. A lot of those little
1: things then just gets ignored. Then then how I load the dishwasher. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's not the cat. I wasn't looking at that. But as a matter of fact, now how I do that is really... It does uh, bother me, though. I've seen how you do that. No, you've never been to my house. You don't care. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Ron Welch and his wife, Jan, have been married for a number of years, and they're very honest about their own relationship and how it got started, and here they are with Jim Daly.
4: Ron and Jan, welcome to Focus on the Family.
1: Thank you so much
5: for having us. We're glad to be here.
4: Okay. Well, let's get into it. You've been married over 30 years now. I understand you uh, decided to get engaged only four days after meeting each other. Okay. Everybody's going, what? (laughs) Honey, did you hear that? Four days? What's that all about?
5: I think this is my wife's story to tell.
4: (laughs) Oh, nice punt. I'm going to punt this one right over to my wife.
0: Um, Ron and I were at Denver University together, and I realized he was such an intelligent, kind person. And we ended up um, doing a project together, and we were able to – he asked me out, and um, he was, uh, when we left, he wanted to borrow a quarter because he was going to move someone from our date to another date. He was
1: going to make a phone call. Make a phone
5: yeah, call. and I don't in look very good in this part of the story, yeah. just so you know.
0: And thank goodness the line was busy because I asked him what it was, and he says, well, explain that. And I was like, uh, I like movies, and we were never apart. Oh. So we <laughs> talked really all fast, night. That's
1: really condensed story
5: there. I had to move one date around to make room for another so it didn't turn out to work very well but the uh, end result is we spent a lot of time together over the next few days and after three or four days of spending time together we looked at each other and said should we go look at rings and we're like yeah let's do that Mm.
4: okay so then you get married yep Mm -hmm. how did that go in the early days of your marriage (laughs) we had to get to
5: know each other after we got married right
4: Um, i would think there were some problems
5: not the uh, not the best plan Uh, As you hear our story unfold a bit, uh, you'll find that one of the reasons that I wanted this to happen so quickly was that I was a really insecure guy. Um, I needed to control things and be in charge. And I really believed at that point that if she really got to know me, then what would happen is she probably wouldn't want to marry me. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted it to happen quickly and soon so that God could move things along. Um, because I was pretty insecure about how that would work
4: otherwise. So did that come out pretty quickly then, uh, w- yes. what I would describe as yes. a marriage trap in some ways? Not to, I'm not trying to be unkind, obviously, Ron, no, but a- when you try to compensate for those insecurities, it's kind of like, get the girl, and then we'll deal with my issues later.
0: Right, and to the point of the controlling, I couldn't leave the apartment without him. And if I chose to do something, I would kind of pay for it because it would be an inquisition he would keep asking questions what did you do who did you see and it got to the point it's not worth that
2: yeah
4: And and in fact in your book you talk about the difference between falling in love and jumping in love what's your distinction
5: you know that's where these choices come in right jim it's a daily decision if you want to be in love that day and we have this language that talks about it happening to us like it's an outside force and we fall into love as opposed to making a conscious decision to say, I want to love you, I'm going to love you, and I'm choosing to love you. And in my case, after a year, she told me this is not working. And in God's perfect world, I would have been healed, everything would have been great. In reality, it was probably eight or 10 years. Um, And there's, (laughs) there's nothing I regret more in my life than the fact that she had to help me become the man God wanted me to be.
4: Well, and the irony is, that is in part what marriage is about. Um, Unfortunately, in the modern world, we've lost that understanding of completing each other. And we'll unfold some of that as we move through the story. Uh, You also mentioned something called choice theory. Uh, Mm -hmm. You say that it can bring hope to any marriage. So walk us through choice theory.
5: You know, I think there's a level of expectation people have, and there's a level of understanding that makes them think this is just the way it is, and it's the way it has to be, and there's not much more we can do about it. Choice theory says that in every single situation, you have opportunities. God created us to be a certain kind of person in his image, and we can act in that image if we so choose, or we can act not to. And so what I've done in my understanding of choice theory is to apply that to how couples make choices. Whether it's getting up in the morning and deciding today I'm going to honor my wife, I'm going to look at her in the face and tell her how beautiful she is, or I'm going to be someone who will honor and respect and love my wife or my husband in a way that is more about me than about them. Yeah, And I think that's where it comes from.
4: Yeah. I th- and in one of those, you mentioned it's a choice to be unselfish. And I think when you look at marriages and you, um, you know, embrace a Christian perspective, you're trying to walk more like Christ. Mm -hmm. This is exactly, I think, why he created marriage the way he did, Mm -hmm. because we're attracted to opposites Mm -hmm. that typically can rub you the wrong way over time. And what you've got to learn to do is to choose to be unselfish because we're selfish creatures because of our sin nature, right? I think there's two kinds of models of
5: marriage in the world right now. One is the me kind of marriage and one's the us marriage. The me marriage really focuses on this idea that I'm in this for me. As soon as you don't meet my needs, I'm out. And you see divorces, you see people who have affairs because it's about me. And if I don't get my needs met, I'm going to go find someone who does.
1: I really love how Ron and Jan are so open about their mistakes and what they learned from those and adapted. And Greg, uh, Jim and the Welch has discussed how God designed marriage to make us more selfless, less selfish. How have you noticed that to be true in your relationship? In fact, a few episodes ago, you talked about how Aaron's an assistant in the process. What, wh- how have you grown? I think that when we first got married, we were younger, and I think that makes
3: a big difference because the average age for couples getting married here in the United States is about 29 for guys, 20 for women. And and I think what that does is they have had a lot of years living as a single person to mm. where they don't have to worry about sharing this or that. and. What about this other person? I kind of went from family to roommates in college to Aaron. And so I really never was on my own long enough to to really develop habits of, mm. well, I need it like this and that. I think that where it showed up was in my early 20s, I was so committed to figuring out my identity, who I was, what my career was going to be. And, and there was a lot of self-focused Therefore, and just trying to figure those things out. It was easy to ignore, overlook, maybe some things that were important to Aaron as I kind of journeyed toward figuring that out. I think now, looking back, I, I see that. I see ways that I showed up in a real selfish way as hmm. I was trying to figure out who I am.
2: Wait, can you say that again? <laughs> no, for, for sure. I mean, honestly,
3: as yeah. I think about it, I mean, it took me a long time to figure out what does servant-hearted really mean in a marriage? What does sacrificing for my wife really look like? And it it just takes me a while. So I think what I'm trying to say is that, one, understand that, that there are some of those natural things, especially for a guy, that you're just trying to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Or you were single for a long time, and it just takes time to adjust and now having— someone there all the time to where you've got to make room for one another. And, and and so it's just, it's definitely, it takes time either way. Either you got married young and you're dealing with those issues or married later on in life and you're dealing with just how do I do this with someone else? Yeah,
1: stuff is going to come up and even banking off of uh, a previous episode with the Yurkoviches, I think uh, the last 5 or 10 years of our marriage, and it's over 35 years for us, I think the last 5 or 10, I'm starting to understand my past and how that actually led me to just kind of live my life not connected to Dina for a number of years, and I regret that. And I wish I could go back. I can't, but I can make good now, and we're trying to do that. I'm I'm trying to be more open and vulnerable and, and just to voice some desires that I have that she didn't know about. Mm -hmm. I didn't give her an opportunity Mm -hmm. because we were both so busy kind of conquering a big family with six kids and going every which way and all that. And
2: I think that is so key because so often we um, assume that, you know, oh, he should know. He should know that's what I want or what I need. I had that conversation just a few days ago with a couple and they totally have a different focus and maybe different preferences and, you know, just a different lens. Yeah why is that fair? And so I love what you're saying, John, that, yeah, speak up. And there is grief when you look back and see that I didn't make it known that's what I wanted. And it's fair to to recognize that was on me. But now I want to do this differently. Mm-hmm. And I want to proceed forward, letting you know, and communicating what I'm really longing yeah. for. I
3: remember hearing early on our marriage that, that it takes... About seven to 12 years for a, a couple to move from me to a kind of a we. Hmm. And, and I think what's good about that is just giving each other the grace to kind of stumble through that. It just it takes a long time. It takes yeah. many, many years to fully make that transition to where we're operating as a as a real team and thinking about the other it just takes time hang in there mm-hmm. keep talking about it and certainly voicing concerns or frustrations around selfish behavior but but give each other some grace in yeah. figuring that out and
2: that's what i was thinking there's got to be grace in the process that it's not going to happen instantaneously therefore perfection isn't the goal we're growing together, and this is going to take time. And amidst that time, we need grace, both for ourselves and for each other.
1: Yeah, and and for ourselves, when we mess up again in the same way we said we weren't going to do again. Um, so. There is plenty of grace that God offers us, and we need to just bathe ourselves in that, extend that to each other, and and keep growing together as we, uh, if you will. Well, to learn more about the practical things that we've been talking about here and the the discussion with Ron Welch, um, go ahead and get a copy of Ron's book, Ten Choices Successful Couples Make. We've got it here at the ministry, and we'll send a copy to you when you join the support team of Focus on the Family. That means that you're committed on a monthly basis or uh, perhaps you're uh, able to give a one-time gift to help further the work of Focus on the Family as we strengthen marriages around the world. Uh, We need your support. Join the team. We'll send a copy of that book, 10 Choices Successful Couples Make. It's our thank you gift for uh, partnering with us. At our website, then, we also have a lot of free resources, articles, uh, and uh, a free marriage assessment that we've mentioned a number of times here. More than a million people have taken that marriage assessment. Uh, Why don't you take it as well and benefit from its insights? Uh, The link is in the show notes. Next time, we'll discuss ways to combat lies that could destroy your marriage. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the rest of our team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.